Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, uh, CBS Sports NWSL lead writer, joined today by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and play-by-play announcer. We've got an NWSL weekend preview and other league updates to go through today. But first, I just wanted to remind everyone that you can all find us on Twitter at Attacking Third and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you find your podcast. And to please go ahead and leave us a five-star review. We would like to hear from you. So if you leave us a five-star review, you can ask us a question and we might go ahead and answer that on one of our uh, episode segments. So go ahead and find us, leave us a review and leave us a question if you'd like. Lisa, how are you doing today? Let's get in it. Sandra, I'm doing pretty good. It's a day to chat with you and that always makes me happy. And um, talk about some things happening in the league and the NWSL. Look ahead to some games ahead. Uh, should be a, a pretty busy weekend. I'm traveling. I'll be calling some of these games. Tune in. Listen to me on the air. Slight plug for me. You know, uh, Paramount Plus bar- broadcasts. I will be there. Um, fun stuff. So I'm prepping and packing my suitcase for those games. But Sandra, how are you? I love the tie dye. Thank you. I'm uh, I'm feeling very summery today. Love the plug. Uh, I am ready to to get into all of it. Lengthy weekend, so therefore it will be a lengthy episode, quite possibly, because uh, it's not just a regular preview segment for us. We wanted to lead off the top of our podcast segment with some some news because news always breaks at many different times of the day of the hour for the league. Quite frankly. Uh, and we are just going to roll into it. If you joined us for our previous episode, uh, part of that was talking about some news and notes around the league. And there was an announcement from the Washington Spirit about head coach Richie Burke that he stepped down from his position as the head coach of Washington Spirit and had been reassigned to the Spirit front office in regards to ongoing health concerns that were brought up to the president and owner of the Washington Spirit. Uh, So this was an initial uh, release that was put out. Uh, We recorded a podcast segment about it. And since then, some developments uh, have taken place. Uh, Since this statement, a story in the Washington Post has been released uh, talking about uh, some allegations around head coach Richie Burke and a new statement was released by the spirit uh, in regards to this new report. So there is currently an ongoing investigation 
uh, around all of these allegations and potentially a toxic environment uh, from this particular head coach uh, around the Washington spirit. So we wanted to make sure that our listeners were up to date with the most current news uh, within all of this happening, because at the time of our previous recording, we only had that prior statement, which has uh, was released again as, as on the Washington Spirit site and has since uh, apparently been been deleted, um, Lisa, but a, a wild kind of news cycle for the league indeed. Very wild. And and you mentioned the press release. Uh, the initial press release for the Washington Spirit has been taken down. Um, their initial tweet is still out there uh, with the statement, but it takes you to a 404 page unavailable. So just news develops really quickly and we're, we're trying to stay on top of it as best as we can. And we felt it was just so pertinent to come back and, and circle back on this story now that we know more information um, and and all of the allegations that have come out and how things are unfolding in this league and, and with this team. Um, there, there's just so much to unpack here. And out of the allegations, Kaya McCullough is one of the players that has stepped forward. And I think that she deserves um, a big hug and a big, I don't know, a, a light shown on her because it's not easy to step forward with these allegations and be the voice and be the face of allegations of harassment in this league or anywhere. Um, so for her to come forward and and speak truthfully about this situation is really big and shows a lot of courage and strength. Absolutely. Um, I don't think that's should, uh, you know, be toned down at all. I think it's a very brave moment, you know, for a person to step into the light, basically. Um, and it's a heavy, heavy light. There can be a lot of risk quite frankly, in doing that. And um, again, credit to the article out in the Washington Post, if people can go uh, check that out and get more informed. Um, but within that, it's it, it does uh, stem from Kaya McCullough starting to talk about her experiences there. Uh, but within the article, there are also, um, you know, players who spoke on the basis of an anonymity. So, you know, not wanting to, um, you know, essentially expose themselves. And, uh, you know, we have to look at that as a whole, that uh, while there is someone going on, on record, there are also others who, you know, still have a fear of potentially doing that. And uh, that's always uh, a huge cause for concern, um, but still want to commend them, uh, really for their bravery as well. And it's, it's, it's tough, you know, it's, it's even tough to sort of, uh, you know, be on a <laughs> women's soccer podcast and sort of have to look at these players and like, and point at them and call, and call them brave. I, I would hate to have this type of scenario be where it's like, you're looking at somebody talking about trauma and pointing at it as brave when actually it would be really great if players didn't have to go through trauma at all. <laughs> so it's just, uh, it's just tough. Um, again, there is the investigation is, is ongoing, uh, within this very chaotic kind of news cycle. Um, there was also, uh, the announcement amongst media that there was a press conference availability with NWSL commissioner, Lisa Baird, that, uh, obviously took a, different tone uh when that was announced it was at the time when the initial 
Spirit press release had gone out referring to Burke's, um, you know, ongoing health concerns and stepping down and be reassigned to to the front office. So that initial press conference with Lisa Baird was maybe going to have a different tone and probably be something that was like a mid-season check-in and, you know, welcoming the return of Olympic athletes to the season. And obviously uh, it was a much uh, different feeling, Lisa. Yeah, that availability with the media um, and the commissioner because of everything that had happened with the the Washington spirit and the new allegations against head coach or former head coach Richie Burke. Um, what was the response from the league, the NWSL and commissioner Lisa Baird in what was their response to the Washington spirit and the allegations that had come to the surface? Well, you know, the, the commissioner came out and, and addressed all of all of the news coming out at the top of her press conference and just made kind of a, an opening statement to address that right off the bat um, and essentially echoed the the new statement that the Washington Spirit had released was that based on being contact the night prior uh, from uh, a Washington Post reporter that they immediately decided to launch an investigation into the allegations of their head coach in, in Richie Burke and Lisa Bear just reemphasized that statement, um, echoing similar verbiage, saying, you know, based on the credible reporting that's out there, they are going to be in compliance with that. And did she did also shed light within the media availability that all of this is being done via a third party um, and that they're going to await the results of uh, those investigations. Uh, which is we've seen in the past um, things in the league or things that have come up, they tend to push that or, or put it on an outside party. So there's no bias and, and nothing like that going into it. Um, but there, I'm sure there were other things talked about in this meeting besides just this. I mean, there's only so much information out right now about this situation and what's going on and the fact that there is an investigation underway. And I'm sure more answers will come um, probably as soon as we finish recording this podcast, Sandra, which is fine. It's okay as long as we get some answers. Um, but other things that I'm sure that media availability, like yourself, asked of the NWSL commissioner, um, just some other questions that I have that I'm sure our listeners do as well. The The refereeing this year in the yeah. NWSL has been questionable. Was this brought up at all? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a good colleague of ours over at Beckland Soccer and Charles only uh, actually presented a, quite, a really good question to the commissioner uh, about the refereeing. And, you know, it was an important question to bring up because we're in the halfway point of the season. And there's been a lot of discussion about the officiating in this league. And quite frankly, it's it's also it's also sentiment that has been stemming from seasons prior. You know, let, let's let's be let's be frank here. Uh, you know, the the pro referees that are issued to the league or assigned to the league, excuse me, uh, there's a process uh, in that. And then even if you look, I believe it's on the U.S. soccer site, if I'm remembering correctly, like which uh, uh, officials do get or which types of officials do get assigned to these NWSL league matches. And, you know, the NWSL is categorized as a secondary league. So they get a certain type of officiating uh, w within these matches. So uh, I think some of the games that took place over the weekend, and when we recap them on our episode in particular, that Orlando and Chicago game, 
when you're watching a match happen and two players are coming out for one specific side and people are looking for sort of accountability and the yellow cards that are issued are to the bench of the players who are being subbed out. Like there's a level of frustration, I imagine, uh, coming out, uh, not just from the team, but, you know, people who are, are viewing viewing the game as well. So there's – Lisa Baird was – uh, pretty open about the fact that it's a level of frustration across across the board that they also want to have, uh, you know, responsible officiating um, in the league. But there are certain channels to go through on that. Um, and I think it was an important question to ask. I think it was an important question to bring up, although there wasn't exactly an answer or solution to it moving forward. Uh, but at the very least, it's not something that's unnoticed. Uh, oh, that's that's good because, like you said, the responsibility of the referees, not only to call a fair and just game, but also to keep the players, the spectators, the coaching staff safe um, during the 90 minutes that a game takes place. It, that's the referee's responsibility. Um, another thing that I have a question about, um, Sandra, I'm hoping you have the answer for me. The NWSL championship site location, usually it's predetermined. We know about it, especially at this point in the season. Like you mentioned, second half, we're winding down. We we are understanding who are the top teams, the top six teams making the playoffs. Um, is there a championship site location? Well, the commissioner was, you know, very coy in, in saying that there is going to eventually be a predetermined site that's announced because good. in many, in all years prior, there's always been a predetermined site for the NWSL championship final. Obviously something like COVID-19 and the ongoing pandemic is probably more than likely clearly playing a role in something like this. You know, we're coming off of a 2020 where there was not a regular season and we're going into this 2021 where this season is still playing itself out and players and coaches and traveling. We're still navigating all of that stuff. So she did say that there are a number of teams that are putting together proposals because there's a lot of interest from various clubs uh, in hosting the actual NWSL final. So hopefully that an actual concrete answer will come out. But in the meantime, she did mention that in the coming weeks, in the forthcoming weeks soon, there will be actually something that is pinned down. So I guess they have to receive those proposals and obviously they have to go through them with a fine tooth comb and then maybe pick the best one that will showcase the biggest event for the league, which is the championship final. So um, there was a lot of great stuff uh, to, to come to come out of the press conference that wasn't just maybe necessarily tied to some uh, upsetting news, right, out of one specific club. There was a lot of different things, whether it's like the officiating or a potential answer on the upcoming NWSL final. Um, and I took a, a bunch of the key points, you know, from, from the conference, Lisa, and I went ahead and I wrote them up a little bit for CBS. Oh, Sports. thank you. You're welcome. If, if people are looking for some key points and some key things that were discussed within this media conference from NWSL commissioner, Lisa Baird, they can find that on CBS sports. Um, but I mean, it, it's uh, it's nice to be able to have a commissioner, and be able to have a media availability and be able to field some questions. Uh, I personally, you know, wish they happened a, a little more often, but you got to take them where you can get them. And uh, it was nice to be able to, to have her uh, take some of our questions. 
Yeah, that is very nice. Um, I, I, I understand you want all the answers and you want to talk to all the people in the positions that have the answers all the time. But hey, we got one there, one media availability, which is good. I know that the league also speaks with broadcasters because I'm on that side of it. Um, they host meetings with us us, which is pretty nice. Um, but more answers to come in the coming days. Uh, check Twitter, follow Sandra on Twitter, follow me on Twitter, follow Attacking Third on Twitter, because we're, we're tweeting out the news and we're trying to give you guys updates as fast as we can and as best as we can, given the information we have. For sure. Another fun bit of news, though, something that I guess maybe we could sort of end our new segment on a bit of a, a more positive uh, and actual concrete bit of <laughs> bit of news. Yes, here please. From the league. Uh, a really cool uh, initiative got announced but in partnership with the NWSL Players Association and U.S. Soccer. It's a uh, talking, a uh, highlighting a B license program. So the United uh, United States Soccer is presenting its first all women B license course. So there are 20 active players and four former players who are participating and who are going to be invited in a modified mentorship program. So that is so so exciting, and the fact that that is something that has been in the works for some time because this doesn't something like this just doesn't get announced mm-hmm. overnight after like 24 hours of planning. It just unfortunately happened to fall and drop in a very, very chaotic news cycle uh, for, for the Washington spirit and by extension, the league. So uh, this for me was probably one of the biggest bright spots of, you know, maybe the last 24 hours and then, kind of wild news cycle that there has been. Um, you know, we talked, we did talk about that, you know, in the previous episode when we only had a bit of limited information at the time regarding the spirit and Burke, Lisa, we asked ourselves questions about some of these coaching positions because there's a lot that are going to come into play in the next coming season, whether it's the expansion clubs that are coming in California in 2022 or somebody uh, out in Portland who needs to be assigned to that head coaching position in light of Mark Parsons uh, departing at the end of the season to go coach the Netherlands women's team. Um, So there's, there's a lot of, there's going to be some opportunity. There's going to be some seats to fill. Um, in this league. So I, I loved seeing this bit of news to kind of close out the cycle for sure. Yeah. A program that is looking to increase the number of female coaches in the United States. I'm always that uh, put me on that team. I am always for that. And you love to see that. And you mentioned it's been a long time coming uh, a long process. This is the third year that the NWSL and us soccer has partnered together. Um, but usually or the, the last three years, previous two years, it has been C license uh, that they are available to give. And this is the first all women B license course, um, which is a higher level for those who are not in the refereeing world. It's a higher, more advanced level of refereeing. You can referee bigger competitions and higher Mm -hmm. level soccer. Um, And this platform for players is huge because as you guys know, you're watching this league, it it goes all the time. These players don't have time to go to a course and these courses are strenuous and they're long and you have to learn a lot. And although they're players at the the highest level, there's still so much to learn about the nuances of refereeing. I will say I was a referee, Sandra, for a number of years as a child. I refereed from like U5, the little kiddos running around up until adult leagues when I was like 15, 16. Those were, that was my job during the year. Look at those skills. You learn a lot on that side of it. And you have to see the game not as a player or as a coach, but rather as a very fair 
observer of the game, which can be difficult to do. So this opportunity is great. Hopefully we get some fantastic coaches out of this program, which I'm sure we will. And in the next few years, maybe uh, the retired players or players, once they retire, they'll look to step into the NWSL coaching shoes. How fun would that be? It would be super, super duper fun into (laughs) it. Love to end out a new segment on some positivity there. So looking forward to that. Lisa, we've got a whole full slate of games to get through, though. So we've got to preview these matches, and we will do that right after a quick hydration break for the two of us. And we're going to go through these five matches and give you guys our picks. We'll be right back. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sandra, I know we said hydration. However, are you cheating? I can't. I can't lay off the coffee. <laughs> I blame the Olympics. I blame <laughs> the Olympics. The Olympics. The Olympics made you hooked. They made you hooked on that caffeine. Oh boy, mm-hmm. five games, and it's not just Saturday and Sunday. They're starting on Friday. We've got three full days, not full, but we've got three days coming up of matches. We've got Houston versus Washington on Friday. We've got Orlando versus Portland, Kansas City versus Ole Rain on Saturday. Gotham versus Racing Louisville, North Carolina versus Chicago to close out things on Sunday. Let's go through these really quickly, Lisa. We got to kick things off on Friday. The one game that's happening, Houston Dash versus Washington Spirit. It's appropriate that we're chatting about this considering how we started out the top of this segment. What's going to come out of this game? Who are you picking in this one? Yeah, so this is a good matchup. Remember Houston coming off that 5-1 loss to OL Reign. Um, but Dash has some players back according to some social media posts that I saw. Rachel Daly is back. Sophie Schmidt is back. Um, they have players rearing to go and score goals. And then Washington Spirit, a team that we talked about going through a lot right now. Um, so if we're doing just picks, hard and fast picks, I'm giving this one to Houston. They have some Olympic stretch players back that that were away for the international duty. Um, they're back. They're ready to play. They're ready to score goals and be with their teammates. There's something about returning to your club and just ready yeah. to go. I, so I have Houston in this one. I think that's fair. You know, there's some even honestly, quite frankly, even if uh, it comes down to to where these Olympians are returning and maybe they don't get starts or they don't or they come off the bench and they don't see a ton of time. There's just something about your players returning back mm-hmm. into the mix that sort of gives you just an added uh, an added boost heading into yeah, yeah. a game day. So 
Even having them in training, it just elevates the level. We've heard that time and time again from coaches when they have these international players, the training sessions just are increased and the players that have been starting in place of those players, they want to keep those starting spots or at least continue to get significant minutes on the field. So the competition is just increased across the board. We're going to see that this weekend. For sure. I, I, I don't blame you. I think going with Houston is a smart pick, quite frankly. Um, but I don't know. You know, this this spirit club has, has had a tough week. You know, there's there's a lot that's been been going on. And then on top of that, they have the first game to kick off the weekend, you know, and it's on the road. Houston's not an easy place to play in. Um, but getting all your uh, feelings out on the pitch is a, on a soccer pitch is a good place to do it. So in the meantime, they do have an interim head coach. Uh, this is a team that has been playing together, you know, for at least half a season already. Some of these players on the roster have been playing together for a significant amount of time already. So I think I might actually give the edge to Washington in this one. I think I want to see them come out here and get a result. I don't know if it's going to be a win, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they scrapped their way to some type of result in Houston on this one. So I'm going to, I'm going to go Washington in this one. Okay. We'll split. I'll see you on uh, Monday morning. Right on. I'm into it. We're going right into Saturday, looking ahead to this doubleheader. Kicking things off is Orlando Pride versus Portland Thorns FC. We got two teams coming off of a win, going head-to-head in first place team versus the fourth place team. Portland sitting in number one right now. Orlando, with their recent win against Chicago, boosted themselves up in the standings in fourth place. So this is going to be a fun one to sort of kick things off on this doubleheader on Saturday. Who you got in this one, Lisa? This game, I'm very, very excited for. We've touched on it. Becky Burley for Orlando. She's stepping in as the interim head coach right now, and she is excited to make a lot of changes and the changes aren't just coming on the field. She's getting to know the players off the field in the locker room. Um, So because of that, and now that Becky Burley has a few more days of training under her belt, she got the first win with Orlando last week. Um, I, I, I want to give Orlando a little bit of an edge. They have Marta back. They have a really strong dynamic midfield, but like you mentioned, this Portland squad, they, have not slowed down and they have not given up. And now with Olympics done and that stretch over, this one is tough for me. I am going to give the edge to Portland, but I think Orlando will get a goal. No matter what happens, Orlando will score. They just have too much firepower up top and their defensive abilities in training the last few weeks and even how they've approached their previous games now under Burley has been different defensively. They're a bit more organized. They're a bit more structured. And then they're looking to go on that really quick transition and going up against a team like Portland Thorns, who is so organized offensively, Orlando will really need to be disciplined and then get in that quick transition. I do think Portland will win, but Orlando gets a goal. Fair enough. I I think, um, I don't know. I know I said I didn't want to do this with Houston and Washington, but I really do think this one might be a draw. I really, really do. I think my pick is that this one could be a draw. I think both of these teams are coming off of, they're coming off of wins, but Orlando's is, they're coming off of a, of a win that kind of broke a a tough streak for them. You know, they had, they had a tough Olympic stretch, whereas, you know, the Portland Thorns, they almost look to, to get stronger, you know, with showing off their depth all across the bench and all across the lines on the pitch. Uh, but, you know, Portland's going to be on the road. Again, similar to Houston, 
Orlando, Florida, not an easy place <laughs> to play in for sure. And there has been something constant that we've seen on this Portland side. And while their attack has looked dynamic, there's been a lot of narrow score lines for them when it comes to these victories. So Orlando has shown that they can be scrappy in a very narrow game. So I really do think that this one could come down to a draw. Uh, so I think I would like to maybe see Orlando continue a little bit of a win streak here for uh, Becky Burley and kind of show what they've got and who they are under her current reign. Uh, but I really do think it's going to be maybe 1-1. Let's look ahead and close it out. We've got Kansas City NWSL versus OL Reign. OL Reign on the road to Kansas City, coming off of a huge, huge, huge win against Houston Dash. They got to be feeling good going up against the last place team in the league. Lisa, on paper, it kind of feels like this is maybe a little bit one sided. Who do you got and what are you going to see in this match? I do feel it is one-sided, especially on paper, and uh, you have to give this one to O.L. Reign, not only because they're playing Kansas City. Take Kansas City out of the equation. No matter who O.L. Reign was facing this week, they were going to come out hard in the attack. They have been on fire. They've constantly been building momentum and connecting their passes, getting rhythm. Hello, Bethany Bowser, two braces uh, in, in two separate games. She's now has four goals on the season right at the top of the leaderboard. This, this squad is coming together. Players like Liz Somer and Ziara King are finding themselves and finding their stride. You have to give this one to Oil Rain, no matter who they're facing up against. Um, and Bethany Bowser, fun fact stat about her, she leads the team in shots taken and she has four goals. So that's pretty, that's pretty good for her, a player that uh, had some ups and downs throughout this season. And now she's hitting her stride. So I, I have to give this to OL rain, Sandra. I'm with you a hundred percent of the way. Lisa, and that's not just because I named Bethany Balser to my NWSL star player index this week on CBS sports. Go check it out where I rank a bunch of players, uh, not so much in order, but I list them off. For players who are having big games in the league, who are generating a lot of buzz throughout the league, and she's absolutely one of those players. For a whole 24 hours, Lisa, Bethany Walker was the leader in goals for this entire league, a whole 24 hours before Sydney LaRue came against Chicago and had her say. So now that's the things that we're looking at right now, right? Now that we're fully in the swing of the second half of the season, things start to to take shape a little bit. So we start looking at standings a little bit closer. We start looking at individual matches a little bit closer. Things like the golden race, we start looking at seeing who's got the goals. So she's definitely doing things for OL Reign. She's scoring on headers. She's scoring on the ground. That's a great striker to have in the third, in the final third for you. And then on top of that, it's all these other pieces around her. Somebody like Mm -hmm. Jennifer Marlson, who's just been, outstanding uh, for this team after kind of settling in uh, with them via the loan from, from Olympic Lyon, creating a bunch of being very, very active, creating a ton of chances uh, for her teammates, watching somebody like Jess Fishlock starting to also create chances and collect goals herself. So it's hard to look at this on paper and go against all rain. And I'm not. So I think you and I are going to have to keep an eye on this one, just in case we get proven wrong and, Kansas City and WSL, what a story. They could probably shock the entire league if they come out with a win on this one. So uh, either way, if it goes either way, we're going to talk about it <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Let's look ahead to Sunday. Closing it out. we got a final doubleheader. We've got Gotham versus Racing. 
New York, New Jersey, Gotham FC versus Racing Louisville FC. Lisa, what are we going to see in this match? Who you got? This one was really tricky for me, Sandra. I there's oh there's one every weekend that I get stumped on, and I have to second guess my gut reaction and go back and forth. When I looked at this initially, Gotham coming off a loss to North Carolina Courage, who is back. North Carolina's back. Um, they're they're. Their winning ways are back. Um, and for Gotham, that game was different. It was a little bit difficult for them. Uh, some injuries happening in that one. And for Racing Louisville, they're coming off a 3-1 win over Kansas City. So they have a lot of confidence. Um, they have players that are doing really well, like Nadia Nadim, uh, just to name one of them. Sandra McCaskill, or um, excuse me, Savannah McCaskill is doing really well as well for Racing Louisville. This one, I'm going to give it a draw. Um, I am. I think that Racing Louisville is has been doing better and better each week, and they're growing as a team. And I think Christy Holly is doing well with how he's organizing the team and the players that he has and playing to those personal strengths that he sees on the pitch and that it could give Gotham a little bit of trouble. But I'm going with the draw on this game. I, I think that's fair uh, to go with. I know, you know, Gotham is, is hosting and, and and maybe they can have some of that home field to their advantage, but I'm I'm not too sure. You know, I mean, we, we talk historically, about historically Gotham has done better on the road. Yes. I'm about to say, I was just like, they, they, their record maybe isn't, you know, what you would think it would be, you know, at home. And uh, we, we've talked a lot about this particular Olympic stretch, the end of it where players are starting to integrate themselves back into teams and, and for racing, that's not necessarily the the same scenario, but they have integrated somebody like Anadia Nadim off of a midseason signing and somebody who's just got this great mentality, this attacking mentality in the final third and can really bring a lot of energy to this team while giving them different options on and off the ball. Um, and something else has been happening, you know, in this midseason point that we are taking a look at and keeping an eye on is an injury bug. This is really the moment of the season where you, you look take a little bit of a closer look at these injury reports on both sides of the pitch and sort of see what's happening and coming and coming uh, into play. So, you know, Gotham FC still has had somebody like Paige Monahan um, nursing some things. Uh, they added Mitch Purse to that. We will see how that looks come Sunday. That could possibly change, but, for now, that has been something that's been on the back burner for them. And those are really two key components to to that team. And when they're building their attack and while racing has struggled on things on the back line, you've got a Gotham side that has been pretty solid on their defense. So I don't blame you. I'm going to go with you, Lisa. I think this one's going to be a draw as well. Wow, I love it, when we agree. I really it, do. It makes me happy. It makes me it makes me happy, too. Let, let, let's close it out. Let's see if we agree on this last one. We've got North Carolina Courage hosting Chicago Red Stars. It's going to be the second time these two teams meet up in the NWSL regular season. Who you got in this one, Lisa? What are you going to be looking for? Oh, gosh, this game. This will be a good one to close out the weekend. I'm going to go North Carolina. I believe North Carolina is going to get this win. They are coming off the Gotham win from last week. Um, they they hit a bit of a rough patch during this Olympic stretch. They did. However, I believe that they are back and they also played a Orlando team a few weeks ago that gave them a very different look under head coach Becky Burley. 
um, that they weren't expecting. And I think that jolt to North Carolina gave them a little bit of a wake-up call throughout this season that you cannot expect teams in this league to not surprise you every week. That was like a double negative. Let me say that again. You must expect that the teams in this league will surprise you every week. I just like to make things a little more positive than than all these negative knots. So I, that's I like how it. I'm gonna I liked it both ways. I'm not going to lie. Thank you. So <laughs> you, the teams are, they're going to surprise you. And I believe that North Carolina forgot that over the last few weeks. And they thought that they could do the same old game plan against every opponent they play and they can't. So now this week going into this matchup against Chicago, a Chicago team that's also doing very well offensively um, ups and downs throughout this, but the injury bug, like you mentioned is back and, I, I believe North Carolina will take this one just based on what Chicago has been through, um, what North Carolina has been through, and how North Carolina has responded to the games that they've played most recently. Yeah, uh, for sure. You know, I, I hate to do it. I, I hate to come on this show and uh, have a Chicago White Sox shirt on and and come in here and, and pick against Chicago. But when I'm looking at both of these teams, again, we're looking at players who are getting reintegrated with their teams and players who are going to be missing. And quite frankly, even without an actual concrete update on key players for Chicago, like Morgan Gatra and Danny Colaprico, I think it's maybe a safe assumption that at minimum they'll be on limited minutes, if not out altogether in this match, while somebody like North Carolina is probably going to be reintroducing the Binia to their midfield. It's, it's, it's a tough, tough, tall task. Uh, you know, the last time these two teams met, they played to a narrow, uh, a narrow win for Chicago. It was a one zero win. And uh, it was a win that really turned a lot of heads in the league. It was a very, people were very impressed with, with how Chicago was able to sort of counteract North Carolina's uh, typical box midfield and kind of negate it really, and not make it a factor and limit this team to a historic one shot on goal um, and walked away with the win that day. But a huge part of that was because of a player like Morgan draw the midfield. So I'm not too sure what that's going to look like in this one. And I got to say with, with having a player like the at your disposal, having the return of just McDonald, you know, to the lineup after dealing with illness, those are all huge assets for this North Carolina side. So these two teams have historically played close. And while I would love to see Chicago scrap one out here and walk away with some type of result, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes North Carolina's favor, but I would love to come back and recap this and be wrong. So we'll just leave it at that, Lisa. Let's look forward a little bit. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back Monday for an NWSL recap. We will also uh, you know, be with you all along the way for any additional uh, news that drops across the league or whatever it is, whether it's more information about coaching, whether it's more information about investigations, whether it's about, you know, a location for the NWSL final, uh, we'll, we'll be here to, to help you guys cover it. Uh, I, I want to thank everybody as always for listening to us. Uh, a quick reminder to please follow us on Twitter at attacking third, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your shows. Please go ahead and leave us a five-star review with a question, you know, and if you leave us a five-star review with a question, we will answer it on the episode. So, you know, go ahead and uh, tickle our brains with whatever you got there. Uh, we just want to let you know that we're also available 
this video. So please subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, just visit youtube.com slash attacking third. And we will be back on Monday with uh, an NWSL recap for Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman. This was attacking third. Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. men's national team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger and don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com sports. That's V-U-O-R-I.com sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing.